0: Today's Bible reading comes from Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person.
1: The next Bible reading comes from Romans chapter 10, verses 10 to 17. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and and is saved. For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how?
2: Morning church. Ooh, that's loud. Cool. Thanks, wishing. Well, I want to start with. Ooh, it's a bit loud, I think. Anyway, cool. I want to I want to start with this. I want you to imagine one thing. Just imagine one thing. Imagine a very wealthy man. I'm not talking about Pastor Lou, I'm talking about Elon Musk, for example. Elon Musk gave you half a million dollars out of the blue. Now I know, it's a lot of money but he bought Twitter for $44 billion, so half a million dollars is nothing to him, right? Actually, I actually actually calculated it. It's like me giving you $7. (laughs) You cannot even buy a Big Mac meal, right? But just imagine for now, Elon Musk giving you half a million dollars. That would be great news, wouldn't it? Would your life change? Of course, suddenly you can pay off some debts. You are less stressed. Suddenly you smile more. You become a bit more generous when you go out uh, for dinner, for a meal with friends, you pay for everyone's meals. But imagine you do all that except one thing. You don't tell anyone that Elon Musk has just given you half a million dollars. Would anyone be able to look at you and suddenly say, I know, Elon Musk just gave you a lot of money, didn't he? Would anyone be able to guess that? No one would, would they? The only way people would know is by you telling them explicitly about it. I guess similarly, there is no way we can proclaim Jesus only with our conduct. At some point, we must declare it verbally. Our conduct is essential. Pastor Sam has helped us with that last Sunday. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. But do you know what will happen if you do good works for others but never talk about Jesus? They will give glory, but not to God. They will give glory to you. They will say, Oh, Pastor Lou is a very, very generous man. So-and-so is a very, very kind man. And that's why today's message is very important when it comes to proclaiming Jesus. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 says, walking wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. And that's our conduct. We looked at that last Sunday. But then Paul continues, let our speech, let our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So that's what we will will look at today, our speech. Now, of course, when we talk about using our speech in proclaiming, the Je- proclaiming Jesus, this is the only verse there is there in the Bible. There are so many other verses in the Bible, but we'll just unpack this simple verse, uh, verse 6. And if you are not a Christian uh, listening to this message, uh, we have to apologize to you if, if we have been trying to tell you about Jesus, giving you hints about Jesus without actually telling you about Jesus. You know, But we want to be better at telling you about Jesus, and I hope you know that it is because we we love you, and because we really want you to know Jesus. So, based on this verse, verse 6, three things I want to say today with regards to our speech. Firstly, be warm. Be warm. Let your speech always be gracious. Now, the word gracious here is where we get the word charity. The word charity, it means showing kindness, giving the benefit of the doubt, showing favour, not quick to judge. You take time to listen, you take time to understand because we know that everyone is fighting their own battle. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now Jesus saw people who were different from him, people who were sinful, people who are rebellious, imperfect, unrighteous, people with shameful past, people with their faults, flaws, failures, and foolishness. But instead of judging, instead of being mean to them, instead of undermining them, Jesus had compassion for them. Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw them as people needing a shepherd to care, a home to rest, and a family to belong to. And that's why Matthew, uh, uh, Jesus says, a little bit afterward, He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I 'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Pastor, Shem, Pastor Sam shared last week about uh, that, that according to 2017 McCrinnal research, the top thing that attracts people to religion and spirituality is when they see people, Christians living out faith genuinely, and the second one is when people are experiencing a personal trauma or a life event. Now, you don't want to be the one who caused that, but we must be ready to care for those whose life suddenly takes a downturn. And one key practical thing to do here is, well, simply listen. Listen, learn to listen well, listen without judging, listen with empathy, and learn to ask good and caring questions. Uh, Philip Yancey, uh, a well-known Christian author, he shared a story about a Christian filmmaker. Maker, uh, He taught classes in filmmaking making in a Bible college called Fuller Seminary. And one day, he brought a group of 20 students to Sundance Film Festival. Now, Sundance Film Festival is quite notorious, uh, is, is known for uh, being notorious towards Christians. And they attended the screening of one film that was making fun of the church. And the people were hooting, hollering during the screening and they they probably had been wounded by the church at one point. Then they had an audience interaction time after that. People were asking questions. And then at one point, he stood up and said this, my name is so-and-so, I am an evangelical Christian and I come from Fuller Seminary. Suddenly things went quiet. And he said, I just want to apologize for the ways the church has wounded some of you. I don't agree with everything you say in the film, but some of it, it's true. And I know it's true, and we're wrong, and I'm sorry. And he sat down. That's it. And things went really quiet. But afterwards, people came up to him and said, I've never heard a Christian apologize. Thank you so much for that. Let me tell you my story. And they told their story. One by one, they told this uh, this Christian filmmaker their story. And he's been going there ever since. He's gotten to know some of the filmmakers and it's changed the whole anti-Christian spirit of the festival. Now the Christians have a place and a voice there. You see, everyone, everyone is looking for someone who cares enough, who is gracious enough to listen without judgment. So ask yourself this question, do people feel safe around you? Do people feel safe around you? Do people feel that they can be honest and vulnerable around you? Will they find forgiveness, compassion, tenderness when they come to you with their shame, guilt, and problems? You see, every time you speak, show that there is a gracious, forgiving, and merciful God so that people know that they can come to you to find grace and to find compassion in time of their needs. So that's the first one. Be be warm. Let your speech always be gracious. Secondly, let uh, your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt. Now, what does season with salt here? Salt has a preservative character, like Pastor Sam mentioned last week. Salt also gives flavor, right? Salt makes good, f- makes food good, savory and delicious, right? Now, some of you look at that, but that's fried food, Sandy. Be gracious, <laughs> be gracious. But so here, here, you know, look, just look at the food, right, Come on, look at that. Salt, pepper. Woo-hoo! Anyway. Um, You see, so here as well, when we talk about season with salt, it means that our speech should also be attractive. Our speech should also influence our listeners for good. Our speech must be life-giving as well. So in short, your speech must be wholesome. Be wholesome. We call a meal or a dish wholesome when it's fulfilling, hearty, delicious. A, A wholesome conversation, a wholesome speech, therefore, is a speech that is not unsavory, It is a conversation that is encouraging, uplifting, and life-giving. The Focus on the Family president, uh, Jim Daly, he shared his experience reaching out to someone from the LGBTQ community. He asked the guy to meet for coffee, uh, even though Jim knew that this guy was from an organization that hated the Focus on the Family. And this guy told Jim how the Focus on the Family misused some of the terminologies in their website, And Jim graciously thanked him and said that he would have his team look at it. But during the conversation, Jim was having this wrestling match with God. He asked God, Lord, why did you want me to meet with him? Because he felt the impression that that God wanted him to reach out to him. And somehow what came to his mind then was this, just tell him I love him. Tell him I love him. And Jim asked again, are you sure, Lord, are you sure? And then he did it. He just said to the guy, hey, I think the only reason I wanted to meet today is to let you know something, and that is God loves you. And the guy just broke down in tears. He said, I never expected anyone from Focus on the Family to tell a gay man that God loved them. You see, that's a conversation seasoned with salt. The guy came out of the conversation feeling warm, encouraged, and most importantly, drawn one step closer to God. Just one step closer to God. And Tim Keller, a well-known pastor of Redeemer Church in New York, shared a simple suggestion on how we can season our conversation with salt. He said that in your workplace, in your interactions with people around you, when they share with you their struggles, their worries, their concerns, their experience, you can simply say, look, this is how my faith helped me when I was in a similar situation. This is how my faith helped my family, my mom, my dad, my whoever. This is how my faith helped when I was in a similar situation. And then share your short story with them. Now, you're not telling them to become a Christian. You simply, de- simply demonstrate how your faith in Jesus is relevant, not just for your salvation, but for your daily life as well. And another way to season your conversation with salt is by, well, offering to pray for them and with them. You know, when your neighbor lost their loved ones, when your colleague goes through a hard time, why don't you go over and offer to pray for them and with them? Don't just say, I'll pray for you. Chances are you will not. But say, can I pray for you now? Can I pray for you now? And actually pray for them and with them then and there. Now we usually say, we usually say uh, to our neighbors, we say, you know we are Christians. You know we are Christians and when we face this kind of situation, we bring it to prayer to God because we know that our God can heal. So do you mind if I pray for you right now? Or I'm sorry to hear that. Look, we are Christian and we believe God cares for us and He listens to us. Is it okay if I pray for you? right now I think there's I think there has only been one occasion when the other person said "Ah, don't worry about it we're good other than that everyone appreciates prayer you know it's a great way to season your conversation with salt it's a great way to show them that you care that you love them it's a great way to show them that God is real that God is real that Jesus is alive and that Christianity and our faith is relevant So in your conversation, when people complain, when people give you all the negativities, instead of piling your own negativity upon their negativities, instead of pointing people to everything that is broken in this world, make the most of every opportunity to season your conversation with salt. Build people up by pointing them towards Jesus who is real, Jesus who can give them hope. So that's the second point. Be wholesome. And thirdly, be wise. Be wise so that you know how you ought to answer each person. The the two words, so that, there are very important. The reason we are gracious, the reason we season our conversation with soul is so that when the time comes, when the opportunity presents itself, when you feel that it is appropriate, you are ready to share a little bit about your Christian faith. I said a little bit because you don't have to tell them everything in one go. Just a little bit. Now, early this year, uh, on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, 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 uh, Stephen interviewed Dua Lipa. Now, uh, some of you might not know Dua Lipa. I didn't know as well. <laughs> oh, that shows my age. Anyway, she's a famous singer and songwriter. Interestingly, towards the end of the interview, just in case you know, this is Stephen, this is Dua Lipa. Just, to, just making sure, just making sure out there. Interestingly, towards the end of the interview, Dua Lipa turned the table and asked Stephen a question which is, of course, the host should be asked the one asking question. And she said this, you know, I think some, something that your viewers connect with in your comedy and in your hosting skills, especially in the past few years, is how open and honest and authentic you are about the role your faith plays in your life. And Stephen said, hmm, that's interesting. And Duolipa continued, and I was wondering, do your faith and your comedy ever overlap. Does one ever win out? Stephen Colbert took just half a second and then he answered, I think ultimately us all being mortal, the faith will win out in the end. I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has a sense of humour. The audience laughed and then he then said, but I say this. And then he talked for one and a half minutes about how his comedy and his faith overlap. Now, if you watch the interview, I encourage you to watch the interview, some of you might say, but he didn't mention Jesus. He didn't mention the gospel. He didn't mention the cross. He didn't mention resurrection. And no, Dua Lipa did not become a Christian or anything. But I think Stephen answered the question in a way that was appropriate for his context at the time, appealing and winsome. And one thing we cannot doubt about Stephen Colbert is this, he was ready. He was ready. He had thought through, of course, how he lives out his his faith in his work. So when the opportunity presented presented itself, he was ready. I still remember back in 2003 when I was working as a programmer, my colleagues knew I was a Christian. And one day, out of the blue, one colleague just asked me, Sandy, may I know why are you a Christian? Why do you go to church every Sunday? I was caught off guard. And this was my answer, and I kid you not, this is what I said, because it makes me happy. Until now, whenever I remember that incident, I cringe. This is a missed opportunity because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. That's why I encourage every Christian to be ready with your personal testimony. With your personal testimony. Looking at my research again. Number three, the, t- the third top attractor towards faith is your testimony. your testimony. Your testimony doesn't just show how Christianity is true. It also shows that he is, it, is, it is real. It is real. People are not looking for just the truth these days. They are looking for authenticity. And your testimony shows that Christianity, that Jesus is real. And your testimony should include at least three things, right? One is, who were you before you met Jesus? What kind of person you were? What was important to you back then? What did you pursue in life then? And what made you feel you were somebody then? What made you feel you were somebody then? And then number two, how did you meet Jesus? What occasion led you to start asking spiritual questions? Was there any existential crisis? Was there anyone who is instrumental in you uh, encountering Jesus? What aspect of Jesus and the gospel that was real and relevant to you back then? And who are you now after you receive Jesus? How is your life now different? How does Jesus and the gospel make a difference in your life, in your character, in your relationships? How does Jesus fulfill your inner longings? And write all of them down. Write all of them down somewhere so that you can refer to it again and again and again. And I will also encourage you to be ready with this. What are two or three most common questions that your friends ask about Christianity? You need to be ready to provide a wise and winsome answers to those questions. Now again, we are not here to debate someone to become a Christian. No, we are simply helping to remove one obstacle from their way so that they can move just one step to Jesus, just one step. And there are so many good resources out there Uh, for this feel free to ask me or any pastors or anyone here for recommendations but remember just because you're ready with your testimony or your answers to their difficult questions it doesn't mean that you need to say the whole thing in one go it doesn't mean that you give one hour lecture every time they ask you about christianity and suffering no you need to always be sensitive be wise and always be prayerful and in any case listen Listen and ask good questions. Ask good questions about their worldview. of you. Seek to understand first much more than to give an answer. There's so much to say about this yet, so little time. For now though, I, I, want, to, I want us to listen to Auntie Lacey uh, sharing her experience in proclaiming Jesus. Unfortunately, she is not able to be with us here in person. Uh, she and Uncle William is, are currently in Canberra. Uh, but I managed to talk to her during the week. So let's hear from Auntie Lacey. Thanks, Morph. I am accompanied by Auntie Lacey Locke, who is here to share about her experience in proclaiming Jesus. Uh, Auntie Lacey, would you like to quickly introduce yourself?
0: My name is Lacey Locke. I become I come to worship the church 2003, and I'm a member of Cross Culture Church of Christ. To let you know how I become a Christian is when I was doing my nursing training, I faced a lot of trials and difficulties and we met a couple called Mr. and Mrs. Kilner and they will open their house to all the overseas students. And many a times uh, he will be showing us such great example. He's got a den that he pray every morning for all the overseas students. And so likewise, Learn his example and follow him, how to pray for people and how to evangelize in my life.
2: Well, thanks so, so much for that, Auntie Lacey. So um, how do you find opportunities to talk about Jesus with people?
0: Many a times the people will have problems and dilemma and they have crisis, they can't resolve their problems. And normally people will come up to me and uh, knowing that I'm a mental health psychiatric nurse, And they will come and talk to me. And I have lots of opportunity sharing the gospel. Uh, Evangelism is spiritual warfare. And God give me the courage, the boldness from my heart to see their needs as I've been before. In church, I'm in the welcoming team. I look out for newcomers, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. And wherever I have opportunity on the train, Uh, airport, anywhere, wherever there is, the prompting of Holy Spirit will lead me to share the good news of Jesus with
2: them. Oh, that's great, Auntie Lacey. Seems like you do meet with a lot of uh, people. Um, But how do you know when someone is ready to hear about Jesus?
0: I know when they are ready, when they can't solve their problems and their crisis is so huge and no one else can help them. Only God can help them. In that, I take the opportunity to say to them, do you mind if I pray for you? So far, no one has rejected it and they say yes. So I take the opportunity to pray for them. God is so good all the time that he will prompt me by the Holy Spirit to share when I know they are ready.
2: So Auntie Lacey, how do you prepare yourself?
0: Every morning I wake up and read the Bible and I pray and Later on, William and I will pray together and do our devotions and he will bless me and to go out to evangelize with the people that uh, I meet during the day. And I've got many prayer partners as well. I'm very thankful for uh, Cross-Culture Church of Christ having live groups and uh, I have other prayer partners too that pray specifically for my evangelism.
2: So thanks for that, uh, Auntie Lacey. But of course, when you share the good news with others, not all of them will respond positively. So uh, what do you do when they don't respond to you uh, positively?
0: I will leave the matter to God, to deal with it, and I will continue to befriend them. And I won't mention anything about God, but I let them know that if they got any problems, they can always come to approach me. And I'll leave it for the Holy Spirit to do the rest.
2: Oh, thanks so much, Auntie Lacey, for your willingness to share. Um, is there other thing that you would like to share with us?
0: There are three words in the Bible that changed my life. And that is in Colossians chapter 4, 2 to 6. Be prayerful and pray daily and be watchful and alert of the sins that we commit. We have a very loving father who forgives our sins if we... Ask him to forgive us. So we have to forgive others as well. Mm. And third one is be thankful in whatever circumstances, good or bad. We have to be compassionate and understand the situation and always give thanks to God in all circumstances.
2: Oh, thanks so much, Auntie Lacey. So may God bless you as you proclaim Jesus to people around you. By the sharing from Auntie Lacey. (coughs) And <coughs> she also shared with me, actually, she uh, brings uh, this as well with her uh, every t- everywhere she goes. Uh, when the opportunity presents itself, she's ready to tell them uh, the gospel uh, clearly and succinctly as well. And uh, that's what she said, be, um <coughs> be prayerful, be watchful, and be thankful. So that's what we have looked at uh, today uh, in terms of Colossians 4, verse 6, uh, three points that we look at, be warm, uh, be wholesome, and be be wise and paul says this in romans chapter 10 right one of the readings that we read just now how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ so when it comes to proclaiming jesus Inevitably, we must use words, we must use words. Proclaiming Jesus without words is like playing, playing a game of charades, uh, charades with your friends, you know how to play the game of charades, except that your friends don't know that you're playing charades. <laughs> they are at best confused and you are frustrated. But at the same time, we must realize that we must be realistic as well. We cannot expect people to become a Christian in just one conversation. And I like what Patrick Morley writes in his book, uh, The Christian Man. Uh, In the chapter about evangelism, he writes this, We are not trying to trick people into becoming Christians. Hopefully we never do that. Evangelism is simply taking someone as far as they want to go towards Jesus at that particular moment. And you need to be gracious for that. You need to be wholesome and to be wise. Our task is to help people take just one step closer to the Christianity and to help remove just one obstacle from their way. We do that by wisely and tactfully answering their questions about Christianity and by sharing with them how Jesus is real in your life and why you are a Christian. So let me close with with just two things. Let me close the whole series with just two things. One, if friends, if you are not a Christian, again, the reason we do this series is because we want to be better at proclaiming Jesus to you and we love you and we want you to to believe and to receive Jesus because we know that he's the only way. He's the only way for you to be saved. He's the only way for you to be reconnected with God again. And if that's who you are, if you want to believe and receive Jesus, please talk to someone. Today. And if you are a Christian, friends, let's proclaim Jesus. Now, you heard the testimony from Auntie Lacey, you heard the story from Paul Jamieson just now. You might feel like, I cannot be like Paul. I cannot be like Auntie Lacey. No, you don't compare yourself with Paul. Don't compare yourself with Auntie Lacey. But see the motivation behind what they did. They are smitten by Jesus, they are smitten by the beauty of the gospel. Are you smitten? the beauty of the Gospel. Friends, Jesus saw the crowds and He had compassion. Why? Because people are going to eternal condemnation. So let's have the same heart as Jesus. When you look at the crowd, you have compassion. They need to hear about Jesus. So again, don't compare yourself to Paul Jameson or to Auntie Lacey or anywhere. but just start somewhere. Just do something. Our conduct and our speech are indispensable. God uses the light that we shine and the words that we speak to bring people to Himself. But at the same time, remember the gospel, the message is the one that has power to save, not you. The Holy Spirit is the one who will bring people, who will bring new life to people, not you. So we must grow, yes, we must grow in our conduct, in our speech. We must learn to, uh, to, to conduct ourselves, to behave that is aligned with the, with the gospel. Our speech must be gracious, must be wholesome, must be winsome. But we must also proclaim the full gospel of Jesus Christ. We must faithfully proclaim and we need to be constantly in prayer. All of these four are indispensable. So may God bless you as you proclaim Jesus to people around you let me pray and i'll take questions father we thank you so much father for allowing us to uh, go through this simple passage from Colossians to uh, dig and to um, discover a few things that to encourage us lord in our effort to evangelize and i pray father that we will not just grow in our knowledge grow in our understanding of what we should do help us as well to grow in our obedience Help us to just do something, do even small things and show us that you are working in our life, in the lives of people around us so that we will encourage us and we will be even more bolder but also humble as well as we proclaim Jesus to people around us. And we pray for many of our friends, Lord, who do not know Jesus yet. I pray, Father, that you will save them. Use our conduct, use our speech, use the message of the gospel that we tell them to bring about new life in them in jesus name we pray amen